You're listening to the Coastal Church Audio Podcast with Pastor Dave Coop. I find one of the most one of the most difficult people to lead is myself. Do you find that? There are days I have to do this. Dave, I pull myself by my ear and I say, you are going to the gym. You don't like to go to the gym, but today you are going to the gym. And there's other days I don't feel like praying. I have to say, Dave, you are praying. Come on, you get over here and you will pray. Dave, I know you don't want to go shopping with groceries for your wife, but you are going shopping for groceries today. And so you've got to lead yourself over there. But if you can't lead yourself, you can't lead others. So today we'll talk about that. One of the things that holds us down, holds us back in leading ourselves, is baggage. We can pick up baggage in our life. And so that's why we brought the suitcase. Uh, this is my wife's suitcase. I have not removed the tag. I didn't do this intentionally for the message, but it says heavy. It's a heavy bag. And typically, Cheryl's not here yet for this service, but anyhow, typically her, she, she, her bag's a little bit heavier and a little bigger suitcase. But uh, there's no correlation with that with the message at all. It's just a side note. Uh, this is the suitcase we'll use for the illustration. Um, there was a bumper sticker that read, Everyone seems normal until you get to know them. Have you found that true? You think, oh, these are normal people. Then you get to know them. Oh, they're not so normal. And sometimes you come to church. They all look like a smiling bunch. This is where all the saints come. And then you come to church and you realize, you know what? These people aren't perfect. I thought people in church were perfect. We had a truck driver that came to our church a number of years ago. He's since gone to be with the Lord. His name was Roger. And Roger hadn't gone to church really in all his life he was a union truck driver and uh he came to prayer meeting one day and afterwards he and he really didn't know what to do in the prayer meeting either he was really he was just new to church all his life he'd been a truck driver he went to church at christmas and easter and to the odd funeral that was it for his church life and and that was kind of scarce and he came up to me afterwards and he said dave i gotta ask you a question and he's really i mean he's just you can tell that something's really eating at him. He says, Dave, I got a real problem. I said, well, what's your problem, Roger? Talk to me about it. He says, I don't know if I can. I don't know how to tell you this. I don't want to offend you. I said, well, go for it, Roger. Just tell me what's on your heart. Well, I thought everybody in church was a saint. And you know what? I found out some of our people in this church, they're not saints. They're not so good. I said, Roger, welcome to church. Because guess what? We're all a work in progress. And uh, the Bible calls us saints only because of what God's done in our life and and how he sees us. But we're a work in progress. So, uh, yeah, if you're here this afternoon and you're new, please understand that we're a growing church in more ways than one. And uh, we, we don't have it all together. There was an email that went around, and it went like this. It got sent out. Maybe you got it. It says, if you can start the day without caffeine or pep pills, if you can be cheerful, ignoring aches and pains, if you can resist complaining and boring people with your troubles, if you can eat the same food every day and be grateful for it, if you can understand when loved ones are too busy to give you time, if you can take criticism and blame without resentment, if you can face the world without lies and deceit, If you can conquer tension without medical help, if you can sleep without the aid of drugs, if you can do all these things, then you're probably the family dog. (laughs) Guess what? In life, we pick up stuff. 
I got good news for you. There is someone today that we'll talk about. His name is Jesus that has an amazing ability to take the junk from our lives so that we can live an abundant life. He said it, and it's true in John chapter 10, verse 10. It's there in your notes. He said, the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. We shared that last August. We were talking about we have an enemy, how to deal with him. This month, we're talking about the life that God gives us. Jesus said, I have come that they may have life, and they may have it more abundantly. An abundant life. In a crazy, mixed-up world, we can have an amazing, abundant life. That word life is the Greek word zoe. A lot of times you, you'll hear girls called zoe. Zoe is a word for life. In the Greek, it means the life as God has it. It's, it's an abundant life. It's a, it's a supernatural life. Jesus had this life, but he also gives this life to us. You're a spiritual being. He's a spiritual being, and he downloads it into your heart. When you get a computer program or a computer update, you get to click on, would you like to receive the latest download? Would you like to receive this program? You can download it now. You can download it later. Or you can just cancel. God's saying, would you like to download my abundant life? Would you like to have my abundant life? He said, in this world, you're going to have troubles. In this world, you're going to have challenges. But be of good cheer. Have this abundant life. I have overcome the world. If you'll bring me your cares, if you'll bring me your challenges... I will allow you or I will empower you to have an abundant life amongst all the challenges in the world around us today. The choice is ours. He won't choose for us. We have to make that choice ourselves. He said, I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose. Choose life. He wants us to choose life. In the choosing, we have to let go of baggage that comes into our life. We talked about this last week, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. It's there in your notes. Do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed away, all those veterans cheering us on. It means we better get on with it. Strip down. Start running. Never quit. No extra spiritual fat. No parasitic sins. Parasitic sins, spiritual fat, are weights. They're baggage. They're excess baggage that we picked up in life. I don't know what your excess baggage is, or maybe you don't have excess baggage. Maybe you got rid of it already, which is great. But it's easy in life to pick up baggage. And this verse here says, strip down, get rid of the excess baggage. I don't, if you've noticed in sports, shoes have gotten lighter, rackets have gotten lighter, sports equipment, skis, bindings, they get lighter so you can go faster and run easier. And the Lord is saying, I want you to strip down, get rid of the baggage so you can enjoy the life that I've given to you. Greg Rochelle is a great pastor in the U.S., and he has a message on baggage. We've borrowed some of his thoughts and video clips. So he introduces this message for us. So take a moment and to watch Greg introduce the message for us. When you're young in life, it's easy to have kind of an idealistic mindset full of hope and optimism about the future. And then life starts happening. And someone says to you, I don't love you anymore. You're so stupid. I wish I never had you. Then you realize all of a sudden that you've got some baggage. It's not a lot of baggage. You can manage it. 
And so you compensate and you learn to live with a little bit of baggage and life moves on. And then your best friend betrays you and the person that you thought was a Christian doesn't act like a Christian. And you try your very best, but the one who loves you tells you, it's just not good enough. And then before you know it, you have even more baggage. So you do the best you can, trying to convince yourself that others' hurtful words aren't true. But before long, your brain is scarred with negative words. And then the negative tapes start playing in your mind. I'm not good enough. No one loves me. I can never trust anyone. I can never have intimacy. My life is messed up. I can never, ever have God's best. And then more baggage. It hurts. Life becomes heavy. You start to wonder if it's worth going on. Your relationships sour. You got so much baggage. It's hard to do life according to God's principles. Ultimately, the choice is yours. Either you continue to carry the baggage, or at some point you say, God, you've got to take it all. So if you want to do life, there comes a point where you have to, one, realize you have baggage, and two, you have to be willing to get rid of the baggage. Sometimes we've been carrying the baggage for so long, we don't even know we're carrying it anymore. We, it's kind of become a part of us. We, uh, we, sometimes we don't know we have it. It's just we got hurt years ago or something. We were betrayed. And we've just kind of carried it for years. Every once in a while, it may poke its head up, and we remember what that person did to us or whatever. And, but realize it or not, it's slowing us down from enjoying the life that God has for us. Sometimes we have baggage, and we're aware that we have baggage, but quite frankly, we don't want to get rid of our baggage because it gives me something to relate to others with. We have baggage clubs. You're in the depressed baggage club. I'm in the depressed baggage club. And let's all talk about our depression. And so we, we kind of like that little club that we belong to. And, and honestly, you know, it gives me something to talk about. I, you know, if I, if I tell you about my big baggage, you might listen to me and maybe I'll be accepted. And it might be a pity party, but at least somebody's listening to me. And we can fall into that victim mentality. But it's become part of who I am. It's actually part of my identity, this baggage that I have. And so we don't let go of it. But as a result of it, we don't enjoy the abundant life that God has for us. We, we certainly can't run the race. We're certainly not running like the Lord intended us for us to run. In the scriptures, there's a verse that says, As a deer pants for the water, so my soul pants for you. And if you've ever watched a deer run, they, they don't run like they got baggage. They, they are literally springing along the road and, and bouncing over fences, and they just have a lot of spring in their step. That's how the Lord wants us to live our life, for abundant, full of springs, not weighted down with baggage. Uh, he wants us to let go of that baggage and enjoy 
the abundant life he has for us. Different baggage is picked up along the way. You can have a baggage of hurt where people have spoken things about you and you still carry those words. You remember what your coach said to you. You remember what your dad said to you. You remember what a teacher said to you. Maybe it was a neighbor or maybe it's just somebody at work that just has it out for you. And there's hurt there. And as a result of it, you pick up baggage and it, it impedes who you are. It holds you back. And you don't know what to do with it. There's hurt that we have in our life where we had nothing to do with it. Somebody hurt us. They, they abused us. We were, and we, we have this baggage that comes into our life. And we never really enjoy the marriage we should have. We never enjoy the relationships we should have. Because there was a deep hurt that came into our life. It was baggage. It may have been depression that comes into our life. There, and things have happened. It may be betrayal. May have been hurt, and, and really, we, we don't want to let go of it because I'd like yet to hurt that person back. I really got hurt, and I want my turn to hurt them back. They, they betrayed me, so I'm going to look for a way to get them back. It can happen right in our very own families. We look for a way to get back at them. But in doing so, we carry the baggage with us. We're, we're not running like a deer. We're slowed down in our life. We won't fulfill the purpose. We won't be free. We're... Our muscles, our, our ability to express life has been bound by the baggage. We're weighted down. Jesus said, come to me that are weary and what heavy laden with what baggage I will give you rest. Cast your cares upon me. So there's a place to bring them to the cross. If you try to bring your baggage elsewhere, it ends up getting back on you. It's like a bad weed that keeps cropping back up in your life. Jesus has the ability to remove the roots of this thing so that it's not forever in your life. Some of the things that come into our life where we pick up baggage can be very scarring, very hurtful. But yet the Lord says he will deliver us from those things. When he sat down, the first message Jesus gave in the temple was, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because I have come to set at liberty those that are bruised. I've come to heal the brokenhearted. I've I've come to set the captive free. No more baggage. Yeah. When we get free of our baggage... And it's gone. Sometimes people almost are upset that it's gone. They say, no, you can't be that happy. Look what happened to you. They don't know how to deal with it. But, you know, the truth of the matter is, that's my past chapter. It's a new chapter. He of the sun says free. is free indeed. So how do we drop off the baggage? We can pick up all kinds of baggage. Sometimes you can pick up a spiritual baggage. You know there's spiritual baggage? Spiritual baggage can be judgmental. We carry around this little chip on our shoulder and we think God's assigned us to judge everybody else. That's baggage. There's a spiritual baggage of legalism. Or there's a spiritual baggage that you think, oh, you know, I trusted Christians once, another bunch of of hypocrites, and that's baggage. That will stop you from enjoying a rich relationship with God. Because guess what, folks? Like Roger discovered, Christians aren't all perfect. I don't know one that is. They all got stuff they're working through. They're, they're on a journey. They're a work in progress. How do we drop off the baggage? Well, number one, we'll give you four things today. We could take an hour for each one. But number one, renew your mind to the truth. If you're filling in the banks, it's renew your mind to the truth. The enemy's a master at lies. And most baggage is a bundle of lies. So one of the things you have to do is renew your mind to the truth. I understand that's a familiar verse. 
And we kind of just check out here for a bit, but don't check out. Keep your mind with it for a bit. So no, no, I'm going to renew my mind to the truth because I want to be transformed. I want to have the strength that comes from leaving my baggage behind. Ephesians says you were taught. Taught means that you had to learn something. Taught means you were a student. Taught means that you listened. Taught means that you took notes. Taught means that you applied yourself. You were taught, Paul said. You were taught to put off the old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. A lot of baggage is picked up because of deceitful desires. You were taught how to put that off. To be made new, where? In the attitude of your mind. Where do we become new? In the attitude of our mind. Like I mentioned earlier, Wednesday, September 23rd, we'll start a special class on really just talking about how to do life. And the first class we're doing is how to get in shape spiritually. How do I help others if I got hurts myself? How do I get past that so I can help others? And it's, it's going to be an amazing class just to get in shape uh, spiritually. Across the street, Nathan has a great health club called Studio 55, and they run different boot camps. They've got different classes that they run, and they just get people fit and, uh, so they can be the best. A lot of the actors and actresses, when they're doing their movies, they go there to stay in shape to do the movies. And they think, yeah, they should do that. Guess what? In our life, we need to be spiritually fit. And sometimes we need to roll, enroll in a class just to brush up and keep ourselves fit. That's what's going to happen on Wednesday nights. We want to stay fit spiritually. It's important to have that to enjoy the abundant life he gave us. Now, what wrong mindset needs to be renewed in your life? Sometimes we have to reset the presets in our life. The, I can't have my wife change my attitude, reset them. I can't have my uh, loved ones do that or, or maybe a small group leader for me. I have to do that. Only you can reset the attitude of your mind. Nobody else can do that for you. And so he goes, well, wait a minute, I have to change my attitude on this thing. In, for example, my grandparents got divorced. My parents got divorced. I don't know if I'm going to get married because I've seen all this tragedy and it's going to happen to me. You know what? You need to reset the presets because that doesn't have to be your life. You don't have to pick up that baggage. Or maybe you were hurt in a previous relationship or maybe you went through bankruptcy and there was some baggage. There was some hurt in the past or maybe you were betrayed and you don't want to trust somebody else again because you had that baggage. You can let go of that baggage. It's, a, you, it, it's keeping you from enjoying the relationship with the Father and the relationship with others. Remember we said last month how the enemy wants to cut communication lines? What's his strategy? Cut communication lines with you. Cut communication lines with others. Armies always destroy communication lines, and then they can conquer. The enemy can conquer you if he can destroy communication lines. And if he can weigh you down with baggage, get you to live with this stuff, it will impede your relationship with God and others. So we intentionally say, wait a minute. I'm going to let go of this baggage. You don't have to carry it the rest of your life. This is what God's saying to us. We can let go of the baggage by his grace. By his grace, by his grace, something we don't deserve, he takes. Who would want old baggage? We wouldn't want, who wants betrayal? Who wants resentment? Who wants abuse? Who wants that stuff? God, because he can handle it. He says, give it to me, lay it at the foot of the cross. I will take it. Why? He loves you. Man, he loves you. Big time love. He wants the stuff. So we're free. This is grace. 
If somebody has a son and somebody goes and a murderer shoots that son, the dad tracks down the murderer and shoots the murderer, that's called vengeance. If the father tracks down the murderer and gets him arrested and gets him tried, that's called justice. If the father says, wait a minute, I want to pay whatever fee it is so that he doesn't have to go to jail, that's called mercy. But if that father says, I lost my son because you shot him, but I want to take you into my custody, I want to care for you, and I want to take the burden of, the light of life off of you, that's called grace. And this is what the Father does for us. It sounds bizarre, but what Jesus did was so radical that he would take our burdens, our baggage, so we could enjoy life. And guess what, folks? He is big enough. He is strong enough. He is well able to take our cares. He said, cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you affectionately. And then the peace that passes all understanding will guard your mind. That's where our attitude is so important. Okay. Number two, ask God to help you restore what's lost. Sometimes the baggage we're carrying is associated with stuff we've lost in our life. For some, and this is a bit of a heavy one, so I'm warning you, for some, it's our sexual innocence. We lost that. And that is baggage that is carried by men and women and teenagers, and unfortunately, even children, that can absolutely cripple you, and you'll never run like a deer. And I... I, I, the only way that I know of that you can really shed that baggage is to bring it to Jesus. I don't know how he does it, but I know only too well he restores my soul. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Tells us he restores our soul. He makes it new. Past chapter old baggage, dumped off, no longer who I am, he restores us. But if I want to hang on to it, he can't do much with it. I have to give it to him. So we ask him, Lord, restore me, restore my soul. Jeremiah, the Bible says, but I will restore you to health. I will do it. It's his word. I will heal your wounds. He heals the brokenhearted. Mm. I don't know how to say it, except to say he really loves you. He really can restore you. You can really enjoy the abundant life. It's a matter of saying, Lord, I, re- I give it to you. I pray, restore this in my life. Sometimes it happens very quick in a prayer. And other times there's a process. That's why we have this Wednesday night class to help us with this process of restoring us so we're healthy. We're not injured spiritually in our lives. We have those wounds healed. No use denying it. Denial is a, is a, keeps you just trapped. The first step really to getting over stuff to say, you know what? I'm going to take care of this. I realize I have baggage and I'm going to let go of it. I'll be honest about it. Number three, release those who've offended you. Colossians 3.13. Bear each other and forgive each other's grievances. You may have Against one another, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Luke 6, love your enemies. 
Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting anything back. That's the opposite of what we want to do. When we get hurt, what do we do? We scheme to get back. You hurt me, look out. When you're not expecting it, I will get back at you. The Lord says, no, no, I've got a different plan for you. If you do that, all you got is the same disease that they had. Don't catch that disease. Let it go. Forgive them. Because you can't run. You won't enjoy the life I have. Are you carrying the baggage? Let it go. Now, that's easier said than done. We understand that. There's a fellow by the name of, of Adolf Coors IV. His dad was obviously Adolf Coors III. And Adolf Coors III was head of the Coors family business. You know them for making beer, but they had a lot of other things as well. His dad was a multimillionaire. He was a very well-known rancher. He was a pilot. He introduced skiing into Colorado. He was a pioneer in many ways. But most of all, to his son, his dad was his friend, his hero, and his daddy. And when he was 15 years old, February 9th, 1960, his dad's heading into town to go to work from the family ranch. He crosses a bridge, and there he sees this guy who's asking for help. He's got, he looks stranded. He goes over to him. He doesn't understand that this guy's an ex-convict. And he wants to... Did you catch that effect? He wants to kidnap him. And uh, he... Uh, a struggle ensues, but the old rancher is tougher than the convict, and he breaks away from him. He's running back to his car. The convict pulls out a gun, and on that bridge, he's murdered. Fifteen-year-old son hears the news that day. This was his daddy. He's 15. This was his best friend, his hero. He loved his dad. And the boy just spirals down. He can't get over it. He picks up baggage because the murderer by the name of Joseph Corbett, he hates. He hates Joseph. He hates his guts. He wants to get back at Joseph. Joseph goes to prison where he belongs. Interesting enough, arrested in Vancouver, Canada. But he goes back to prison. For the next 15 years... Young Adolf carries this baggage. It affects him. It affects his security. It affects his freedom. It affects his self-image. It eats at him. It weighs him down. He tries to compensate by becoming a, um, uh, a bodybuilder. He tries to compensate drugs, alcohol, somehow try to get over it because baggage tends to do that. You try to compensate and you end up adding more baggage to the old baggage and it just gets heavier as life goes on. And then one day, a business partner loved him enough to say, and he's a powerful, it's a powerful family, but he speaks into his life and says, you know what, you need to drop that. You need to forgive him. He's like, I can't forgive him. He shot my dad. He said, well, look, God forgave you. Jesus forgave you. If you'll accept the forgiveness of the Lord, you'll be empowered to forgive Joseph. It sounded crazy to him, but he heard enough. The baggage was heavy enough after it was 15 or 17 years that he did that. Accepted the Lord. He went to that prison where that Joseph was. He gave him a Bible. The man refused to meet with him, which only made it worse. But he gave him a Bible. In the Bible, he wrote, I forgive you for killing my father. And I'm asking you to forgive me because I have hated you for the last 15 years of my life. 
and he left it. He, when he left that prison, guess what happened? The baggage was gone. 15 years. Today, the guy's free. And he's doing amazing things. And he has an abundant life. Because he got rid of the baggage. God does that kind of stuff today. You're meant, you're designed by God to run like a deer. If you're a farmer, you know the saying, nothing runs like a deer. And you're meant to run like a deer. That's what the Bible says, as a deer pants for the water. You're designed to run like a deer, not be burdened down with all the stuff in life. One of the things you have to do to let go of the, the stuff in your life, the baggage, is stop listening to what the negative reports of your life are about. People will say stuff about you that's not true, and you've got to close the door to what they say and open the door to what God says about you. You know some of the stuff they'll say about you? You've heard it, and I've heard it. They'll say stuff like, you don't fit here. You don't belong. You're not accepted here. You know what we do when we hear that? We conform to something we really don't want to. If you want to fit, if you want to belong... You know, we, we hear it from our teenagers, and they're, they're 14 years old and, and even younger, and they, they're getting teased. Girls in our high schools in our area, you know what? How come you're still a virgin at that age? And all of a sudden, there's pressure at that age to conform to something. Well, I want to be accepted, so there's pressure on them for that. And it doesn't just happen there. It goes all the way up. We, have, we talked to a young fellow... One of the fellows in our church yesterday, and there was great pressure on him when he was in a gang in our city. We have gangs. He came from a good family. Why is he in a gang? Because he wanted to be accepted. He was told, if you want to fit, join us. And you've got to conform, though. We need you to do some B&Es. We need you to do this and that. And he says, as long as I did that, I was, it was like a family to me. But then I had a daughter, and she was in the hospital. And that night, they wanted me to do something. And I said, no, I'm not crossing the line. My little girl was born today, and I'm not doing what you asked me to do. He was running money back and forth. He was, what gangs do, he was doing it. He said, I'm not doing it tonight. They said, well, you have to do it. He said, I'm not. That night, they drove up to his house, and they shot the windows out of his parents' home and threatened his entire family because he was not conforming. But guess what? It was the first step to dropping the baggage. The baggage is gone in his life today. That's a past chapter. And he is enjoying an abundant life. A real life. Not some pseudo life, but a real life. But why? Because he chose not to conform to that. He chose to let go of the baggage. Number two, you've heard people say, you're not good enough. And this leads us to be performers. I give you different examples out of the scriptures for each one. We don't have time to look up each one of those scriptures. Martha was that way. She tended to be a performer. This is where we become people pleasers, and we end up being performers. Maybe you went to school and you got a B, and your parents wanted you to get an A, and your B feels like an F because you just didn't do good enough, and so you spend the rest of your life trying to be better. Women spend the rest of their life trying to be pretty enough. Men spend the rest of their life trying to be the best provider I can. Maybe if I just get the boat, or maybe if I just get the better house, or better car, better something, then I'm going to be really accepted. And you, we, we're fed into this performance lifestyle. When they don't want more things, they just want more of dad or more of their husband. Another lie that comes along is you're not worthy. And this leads us to be clingers, rejection. And so as a result of it, we end up being codependent. And the woman at the well in John chapter 4 was an example of that. So 
Rather, we need to receive what God says about us. Not what others are saying about you. Listen to what God says about you. What God says about you is the truth. You can take that to the bank. What God says about you is the truth. So what is he saying about you? Number one, he says, in Christ, you are forgiven. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has what? Gone. The new has come. Let's read this verse out loud together. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. The old is gone. He said, you can drop off your baggage. You don't have to carry it anymore. I'll throw it into the sea of forgetfulness. Now, God's forgiven us. Others perhaps have also forgiven us. But guess what? We've got to forgive ourselves. And if we don't forgive ourselves, we keep carrying the baggage. We think about the mistake we made 30 years ago. The enemy comes along and haunts us. That's who you are. That's what you did. Guess what, enemy? That happened 10 years ago, 5 years ago, a month ago, whatever it is. That is not who I am. I am who God says I am. Yeah, that's my identity. This is how you get rid of baggage. Also, Christ says that you're secure. We sang that earlier. My soul secure. It's our security. Jesus said, my sheep hear me. They know my voice. I hold them in my hand and no man can ever destroy them. You are in God's hands. You are secure. This is what that Adolf found. He found that he was secure in God and he could forgive. So, 2 Corinthians talks about that, that we are standing with him, firm with him. He has put his seal of ownership on us. And then thirdly, what does God say about us? He says that we're free. If the Son sets you free, you're in free indeed. You're forgiven. You're secure. You're free. That's not who you are. That's what you did in the past. I've forgiven you. But you're my son. You're my child. I love you. This is who you are. That's how you get rid of baggage. Be very careful who you listen to. Listen to what God says about you. That's how you live the abundant life. Free. Oh, we've been, we've all been there where we've been weighted down what people say about us. And are you like me? I do this. Shouldn't do it, but I do it. Somebody will say one thing about me that's kind of negative and I'll internalize that and I'll think about that. I'll replay that tape. And I could have heard a hundred other good things could have happened and been said, but I'll think about that one dumb thing that was said. Has anybody else been there? A couple months ago, we had a, a great day. We had... 40-some people were baptized that day. There was a lot of celebration going on. At the end of the day, so many good things had happened on that weekend. But one fellow had come up to me in the service afterwards, and he said, it was a nice service you had here today. And and then he looked at me and says, but you didn't pray. It probably sounded to me worse than it was, but that's the way I heard it. He says, but you didn't pray. I said, what do you mean we, we didn't pray? He said, you didn't pray before you spoke. There was no prayer. I thought, well, wait a minute. Cheryl, that's right. Cheryl usually prays when she gets up. Sometimes not. Sometimes she does. Well, she didn't pray. I didn't pray before I spoke. So, you know, you're right. I, yeah, I, I didn't pray. It is it's just good to pray in church. Thought, yeah, you're right. It is good to pray in church. And, and uh, I'm not disagreeing with him. I said, you know what? We usually do. We just, it, for whatever reason, we didn't today. But, you know, we're not so structured that we... You know, I'm kind of stumbling. I just, you're right, we should pray. And I went away, 
And guess what I'm thinking about that night? Not about all the wonderful things that happened. I'm thinking about, you should have prayed. You should have prayed. I've just got this little tape that keeps going, you should have prayed. I think, why am I internalizing this? Why not listen rather what God says about me instead of internalizing that? You want to close the door to what others have said about us, negative stuff. God, what are you saying about me? Greg is going to close us with this video clip. So watch us as we close this afternoon. Today we're going to silence the voices. We're going to close the doors to the words that are not true. Remember, you are not who others say that you are. You are who Christ says you are. Close the doors to the painful words. Slam them shut. Do not listen to the voices that are not true. In Christ, you are forgiven. In Christ, you are secure. And in Christ, you are free. Close the doors to those words about you that are not true. You are not who others say that you are. You are only who God says you are. And that's why you only leave one door open. And that is the door of life. Leave the baggage behind because in Christ you are forgiven, you are secure, and you are free. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you would like to download free notes from this message, then visit our website, www.coastalchurch.org.